Well, hey, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for watching my podcast. And today, we're going to talk about whether or not you're happy. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Well, today we are in week three of our discussion on having a godly perspective. What does it mean to look through our life in the way that we live through the lens that God desires for us to have? And today we're answering the question, does God want me to be happy? This is a really important question that I think a lot of us sometimes assume we know the answer to. And we think it's a simple answer, but it's actually a much bigger, broader question than we might realize. And we've been going through the book of Hebrews chapter 13, looking at different uh, sections or scriptures within that chapter, and just kind of unboxing them to understand what it means to have a godly perspective. And so today, we're going to continue doing that. But before we jump in, I want to just say this. Thank you so much for those of you who are watching and listening to the content. If you're checking this out, do me a favor. Subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you're listening to the podcast. And then also share it with somebody. Take a moment. Share share this with somebody that you know might need th this episode. Something that we talk about maybe someone comes to mind, take a moment, share it with them, and just encourage them to check it out. The last thing I'll ask you to do is this. Sounds simple, sounds kind of dumb, but it actually helps us a lot. That is, watch the video all the way through. Watch it from the beginning to the end. It really helps our analytics, and it helps us share this information with more people on YouTube. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, let's jump into Hebrews chapter 13 and begin answering the question, does God want me happy. Let's check this out together. Keep your life free of the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, when I read this portion of scripture, I actually think it's dealing directly with whether or not God wants us to be happy, which may sound odd because the word happy or happiness isn't in any way in this passage. We see a, a statement about money and not uh, relying on money or not being uh, focused on money. We see the, this word contentment, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And then we also see um, this declaration that God is always with us, that he never leaves us, that he never abandons us. And I think that this portion of scripture is really helping us understand from a godly perspective what he desires for us to experience in our life. And that's not happiness, but it is contentment. What does it mean to be happy versus content? I hit the spring on my, on my arm. Excuse me, Mr. Spring. Calm down. Anyway, what does it mean to be happy versus content? What are we talking about? Happiness and contentment may sound to you like close cousins, like they've got a lot in common. There's probably a lot of similarities. But I believe that there is a much bigger difference between the two than we might realize. Happiness is that emotion, that fleeting emotion often that we experience when we accomplish something or we feel like we've met a goal or we feel like we're moving a, a step forward in a relationship or something where we feel like we're winning. We feel happy because we feel like we're moving 
forward. Or we feel happy because we're with people that we love. And, and that's a good emotion. But to say that, that God's desire for you is to be happy is also to say that God never wants you to experience any other emotions, that God doesn't want you to experience sadness, that God doesn't want you to experience um, frustration sometimes. And the truth is that there's a lot of good things, a lot of healthy things that come out of those emotions. So if we're asking the question, does God want me to be happy? Does God always desire for me to be happy? I think that the answer is no. I think that there are definitely good things that come out of seasons of happiness, but I, I also think that there are good things that come out of seasons where we don't feel comfort and we don't feel excitement about feeling like we're accomplishing something and we do maybe feel a little frustrated or we do feel empathy for somebody who's going through a difficult season. There are good things that come out of us not feeling happy all the time. And I think that we need to ask the question, why do we feel this need to feed whatever makes us happy? We live in a world that says, you just need to do what makes you happy. And you know what? I, I was told that. I know other people have been told that. The truth is, that's not a healthy thing to tell people. Because there's something bigger than your happiness. There's something grander than your happiness. And if all you're ever focused on is your happiness, you're going to live a very self-centered life. You're going to live a very self-centered and not Christ-centered life. God desires us to live a life that's Christ-centered, that sometimes doesn't equal your happiness, that sometimes doesn't equal um, you feeling good about yourself. Sometimes it means sacrificing your happiness to do something for somebody else or sacrificing um, something that makes you feel comfortable for someone else. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to understand that happiness is not always the goal. And when happiness is always the goal, often there's something much deeper at play in our life. And what do I mean by that? I mean this, that happiness, we work to feel happy, to feel accomplished, to feel like we're winning at life, often because we're trying to hide some things. One of the things that we're trying to hide is that we're lonely. Oftentimes, people work to feel accomplished in one area of their life because in the relational area of their life, they're struggling. Maybe, maybe you feel lonely or maybe you have been betrayed and, and you just want to prove to yourself that you can do it without the relationship or you can do it without that person or you can do it all on your own. And this focus on just getting to the next thing so that we get that new just shot of happiness actually becomes something that hides our pain of loneliness. Another thing that happiness hides or moments of happiness hide is our insecurity. You know, oftentimes we'll work to achieve a goal or we'll work to achieve a relationship status or we'll work to achieve a certain number in our bank account because we feel like we're winning and we just need to feel like we're winning. And that need to feel like you're winning is often covering up insecurity in your own life. Because deep down, there's a part of you telling you that you aren't good enough. Deep down, there's a part of you telling you that you're not smart enough, that you're not attractive enough, that you're not successful enough, that you're not fill in the blank. Whatever that not is for you, that is something that you try to hide, that you may try to cover up. And oftentimes, we'll do that with moments of victory. We'll 
pretend like that's not really there in a moment of victory because it's easier to forget about it. The problem is if we never actually deal with that insecurity and we never actually deal with that loneliness, what we find is this, that those things always come back. That you may feel good in the moment, you may feel good for a short season, but eventually those insecurities, those feelings of loneliness will come back in your life. And the answer is not to just make yourself more happy, but the answer is to choose to deal with those things in your life because that's what God desires. God desires for you to be a healthy person. God desires for you to work those things out. God desires for you to allow his grace and his mercy to cover the pain of some shame and some trauma in your life. And often those of us who are most obsessed with just being happy have the most pain in our past. We have the most trauma. And we're just trying to do our best to do enough to feel like those things don't exist anymore. But those things behind us, those things that we try to pretend like aren't real, they eventually resurface. They resurface if we choose not to deal with them. God doesn't want you happy. God wants you content. Now, what is contentment? What did the author of Hebrews say to the people who were reading, going through a difficult season? He or she said, I want you to be content. I don't want you to worry about money. I don't want you to worry about relationship. I don't want you to worry about the next thing. What I want is for you to just be content with where you are in your life. What does it mean to be content? It means that regardless of what's going on in your life, you still have peace and joy. Now, happiness and joy, again, probably sound very similar, but they're very different. While happiness is something that easily comes and easily goes, joy is something that is constant. And you know, the scripture is telling us in Hebrews, don't allow yourself to be discontent in your life, in this difficult season. Allow contentment to fill your life. Allow yourself to have peace and joy regardless of what's going on, regardless of the money that's in your bank account, regardless of whether or not you're winning at work, regardless of difficulties, even in your relationships. Allow yourself to have contentment. Now, what does having this this deep-seated contentment in our life mean? I have a picture of contentment that I hold uh, very dear to my heart. And that is several years ago, I went on a missions trip. Uh, I actually went to several missions trips to the country of El Salvador. And I had a blast spending time. uh, Over three years, I think I spent um, right at four weeks in El Salvador. And we got to travel all around this small, considerably impoverished country. And as we were there, we met some of the most joyful people on the planet. Now, that's interesting because El Salvador, for for most Americans, we would probably think is not a place of joy. They're poor people. They're people who oftentimes you have to travel on a dirt road, then park a vehicle, and then walk to get to where these people live. They don't have electricity in their homes in many parts of the country. Uh, Dirt floors, huts, they are living as impoverished as you could imagine. But they have joy and they have peace. Why? Because they are content. They may have seasons where they're not happy. They may have seasons with deep struggle and a lot of pain, but there is joy on their faces like you would never believe. 
That's the difference between happiness and contentment. Happiness is something that will come and go with each success and failure in life. But if we only value happiness, we'll never really grow as a person. We'll never learn what it means to sacrifice for other people. We'll never really learn what it means to step out and do something that doesn't immediately give us gratification in the moment. But contentment, I may have a great season, I may have a a rough season, I may have a ton of money in the bank and then no money in the bank, I may have a season of deep betrayal and relationship, but I can still be content in that season. The, The word contentment means literally to be in a state of peace and joy, a state of peace and joy. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to be content. And you may be like the Hebrews. You may be going through one of the roughest seasons of your life. And you know what? God desires for you to be content. And Jesus calls us to be people who are content in three different areas. Content in our finances, content in our relationships, and then also content in our identity. Now, the first one is all about our economics. And some of us have had great years financially. Some of us have had terrible years financially. And most of us have experienced both at some point or another. And Jesus is saying through this author, be free from the love of money. Be free from it. Don't allow the love of money to grab your attention and be a focus for you. Why is Jesus telling these people to be free from the love of money? Well, because many of the people that the the author is writing to are dealing with difficult financial situations. Many of them are losing their opportunity to work because of their faith. They're choosing to follow Jesus, and when people find out, they're not allowing them to work for them. They're not allowing them to, if they provide a service, to provide that service for them because people don't want anything to do with them. They're being cut off that way. And the author is telling us, look, you're going to have seasons where you have money. You're going to see, have seasons where you don't have money, but we're to choose contentment regardless of money. And the only way to do that is to be free of the love of money. I have found that people who have learned to be free from the love of money are the most content people that I have ever come in contact with. And that's why Paul even addresses this in Philippians. Let's look at Philippians chapter four, verse 11. Now, I am not speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty of hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The last portion of this scripture we just read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is famous. I sang it in kids' church. I heard it in youth ministry. I I can hear the pastor I grew up with saying it passionately on a Sunday morning and, and letting us know we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us. But at its core, this scripture is talking about contentment. Why can I walk through anything? Why can I do all things through Christ? Because I found contentment. That's what Paul's saying. I've found contentment. And because I found contentment, I can go through and deal with anything that's thrown at me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I find content in my relationship with Jesus. 
This is powerful. And for many of us, we find contentment in money. We find contentment in whether or not there is a certain amount in our bank account. We all have that number. When I was poor, that number was $100, right? Like I felt okay with my life when I was in college and I was a poor college student, uh, a new youth pastor. If I had a hundred bucks in my bank account, it was like a security blanket for me. Now I know that that's scary. Now I think I would have a panic attack if there was only a hundred dollars in my bank account. But in that season of my life, it was that security. And many of us know what that's like. We have that security. We have a certain amount of money in our bank that makes us feel okay. Like everything's going to be fine. If something goes crazy, I'll be good. And the truth is that God desires for us to have that contentment regardless of whether or not that minimum is in that bank account, regardless of whether or not we have security in a certain area of our career or in our relationships. God desires for us to have that contentment in him. So we're to have contentment when it comes to our finances. The second way that we're to have contentment is in relationship. Relationship not only with people, but with God. That we're to be content with the relationships that God has brought to us. Remember what Paul said in Philippians, that whether he abounds or is really low, he's content. Whether you have a lot of friends or a few friends, you are to be content. And we're to be content inside of that relationship that we have with Jesus. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, that we're to be content. Why? Because he will never leave us nor forsake us. That there is uh, a standard in our relationship with God that God's not going anywhere. And while you may have friends that betray you, you may have friends that abandon you, you may have friends that lie to you, hurt you, God's not going anywhere. And we can be content in our relationship with him and trust him to be everything we need relationally. Why? Because he'll never leave us nor forsake us. God is that perfect relationship. And I believe that God desires to bring in good relationships into our life. And sometimes it's in that in-between of, man, we've gone through a difficult season and we've lost friends. And in that season of waiting for those new people that God brings us that we struggle but if we'll choose in those moments to lean in to the presence of God and choose to trust him and be content, that's when he brings the best relationships in our life. The third area that we're to find contentment in is in our identity. And what does it mean to have a Christ-centered identity? What does it mean to have an identity as a follower of Jesus? I think that this is such an important question for us to ask because those of us who have struggled with contentment I've struggled with contentment. I would argue most likely also struggle with identity. We struggle with who we are. We struggle with who we're not. We struggle with wanting to be something better than we are. But it, when we choose to put all of that aside, when we choose to take that ownership of, of our own personal identity and place our identity in Christ, that we are first and foremost Christ followers, it changes everything because in Christ, we are always victorious. In Christ, we are exactly what God desires for us to be, and that is to be in relationship with him. And when that is at the forefront, not who I think I'm supposed to be, not who I desire to be, but my identity in Christ, there's something significant that comes out of that. And I believe that that is why, again, Philippians talks about this idea of when I find contentment, I can do all things. 
Why? Because when my identity is in Christ, the pressure's off. Jesus has already done the work. Jesus has already mined out all the problems and he's covered my sin. He's covered my imperfection and he's covered my brokenness. And I can live content in my life more so than ever before. I think what's interesting is this isn't just like a Bible principle or a Christian principle. It, that's enough, but there's more than that. There are actually lots of studies that show that people who are consistently content actually excel in their workplace. They're more likely to receive raises. They're more likely to receive promotions. Why? Because when people are content, there's a piece about them that allows them to focus on their job more. It allows them to focus personally on their family more. It allows them to focus on what really matters. Instead of dealing with the stress and the worry of, am I going to live up? Am I going to succeed? Am I going to fill in the blank? They choose to sit in a posture of peace and joy because they are content with who God desires for them to be. And this idea of contentment is ultimately a perspective that God desires for us to have. It's taking on God's perspective. Not that I'm broken, not that I'm imperfect, but I am made perfect in him. And when that understanding begins to really wrap around my brain and I begin to not only understand it, but believe it, it changes everything. It allows me to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better coworker, a better boss, a better employee. It allows me to be a better pastor because I can sit in a posture, in a state of peace and joy that allows me to focus on what really matters. And that is doing what God has called me to do. Be in relationship with him and introduce people to him. And when I choose to do that, when I choose to be honest and open about my brokenness, but also honest and open about what God has done for me, I begin to impact the world around me. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. I hope that it's challenged you and encouraged you and hopefully helping you change the way that you think. Maybe you've struggled with contentment before. Maybe you've struggled with, with wanting happiness more than contentment in Christ. And I hope that this has helped you move a little bit forward in your relationship with him. Until next time, you're watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. Yeah.